0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Seller's Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hugh, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Seller's Podcast. It's the 31st of March, 2023, as I speak, and it's an exciting time for the property market because springtime is the big one what I mean by that is it's the time that most people choose to move. It's the longest selling season. And what I mean by that is that most people, once the weather abates and gets a bit milder, decide to move home. And the biggest peak time for people viewing tends to be in the spring. Once we get to the summer holidays, particularly July and August, then things start to slow down as families take their holidays and switch off for the move. And sometimes, That can continue most of the time. In fact, that continues right the way through July and August and then tends to come back quite strongly in September, what we call the mum's market, where the children are back at school and mum or dad has some quiet time and can then sit down and Look at houses that might further suit their current predicament, but the springtime is the long one because it starts about now, goes all the way through to July. and what can you do to best prepare and make sure you've got the best deal for yourself and your family? Let's first of all talk about what you can do if you're a buyer to make the boat most of the current market. Tip one is research. I know it's obvious, but before making an offer on a property, make sure you research the area in the property itself. Check out local amenities, transport links, condition of the property, etc. This will help you make an informed decision and negotiate the best price for yourself and your family. Now, when you're looking at an area, my advice is always, if you don't know the area very well, perhaps go there at different times of day and think about taking some activities that you would normally do in the area you currently live in. So in other words, perhaps go to the local shops, local supermarket, pub. Restaurant, whatever you normally frequent, perhaps the gym, even, and get a handle on what it's like there, what the people are like, whether you feel comfortable, because if you don't, then it could be the biggest disaster. Uh, Also, check out the property at various times to make sure it is what you expect. Perhaps check out how busy the street is at peak times between rush hour at five to six o'clock, especially if you're in a London suburb. Uh, Tip two is be prepared. The market's still highly competitive, there are lots of buyers out there still. And overall, there aren't as many buyers as there were a year ago. Of course, interest rates have gone up massively and a lot of people are frightened and have put their plans on hold as far as buying is concerned. But also sellers are the same. And many of those sellers have put their plans on hold for the same reason. So it's important to act fast when you find a home that suits you. And what do I mean by act fast? Well, first of all, have your finances in order. Make sure you've spoken to a good independent financial advisor and get yourself pre-approved for a mortgage and have a solicitor lined up to move quickly. This will give agents confidence in you. And confidence is the all important factor when it comes to you making an offer. A good estate agent will ask you many questions about where your funds are coming from, because that's required under anti-money laundering legislation. They'll also be looking to see how serious and committed you are. So to supply information to those agents, if you're buying through an agent at the earliest possible point could put you at the front of the queue. Certainly as agents, we always try and look at not just the buyers and the offer, but how motivated and driven those buyers are. So it's important that you express to the agent what your situation is, prove that situation by way of even providing bank statements even if they're redacted so that people can see that you have the money you say you have available and liquid to you in terms of size of deposit and don't be surprised if your estate agent does ask you for a copy bank statement or proof that you have the funds you say you have in terms of the deposit and of course proof that you have spoken to a mortgage advisor and you're ready to go on that front too. Now, if you can't find, and this is the story for many a buyer, I know it's very frustrating at the moment, especially with limited supply. The other thing you can do is consider different options. If you're struggling with your budget, then you could consider other areas. And one of the things you could do is look slightly outside the area that you're looking in. You know, right move is very good for uh, searching. And the way we always recommend you search is find the area that you think, yeah, I'd really want to live here. And then center your search on that area. And the way you would do that is this. Let's say, for instance, that the road you chose was Melrose Avenue in Norbury, for instance, where we are. Pick a random number on Melrose Avenue and Google that door number. Just put whatever number Melrose Avenue Norbury into Google that will return you a full postcode for that road. And then you can center your search on that road by searching just on that road and then going a quarter of a mile around, half a mile around, one mile around and further out. And that will bring in more and more options as you get further and further out. The other thing to consider is perhaps do your search in terms of the commuting distance and time. And that will bring in other areas, too. So perhaps, for instance, Zoopla is very good for this. You could go onto Zoopla and you can say, I want a commuting time of no more than X to London Bridge. And it will bring in the areas where that's relevant and where you can commute in, be that by train, bus, or car. But considering. Different options and having an open mind is the key to finding. If you can't find what you want, where you want, you've always got two choices, more money or other areas. Well, more money is not an option for many of us. Other areas certainly are. And of course, the third option is lower your sights. There is a third option if you lower your sights. And what I mean by that is perhaps consider a bedroom less or if you're looking for a detached house, perhaps consider a semi. If you're looking for a semi, perhaps consider end of terrace or terraced. And if you can't find what you want in the terraced world, perhaps a large flat. These are all options available to you, and sometimes it can be better to find something that you can live with rather than continue with your current living arrangements. That's a call for you to make. Uh, Now, let's turn our attention to sellers. If you're thinking of selling, what you can do to make the most of the current property market. First of all, is price your property correctly. At the moment, the market is very 50 50. It's strong, but it's not flyaway. And what that means is accurate pricing of your home to sell and making sure that it isn't over or under is critical to getting the most for your home. Then you've got to think about presentation. When you're presenting your property, what are the most important things? Well, let's start with one that may or may not seem obvious, but it's simply this question. Who is my audience? And what I mean by this is For some homes, the audience might be a DIY developer, somebody who's prepared to roll their sleeves up and modernize because the home that you're currently living in or selling isn't very modern. And therefore, you're looking for a buyer that perhaps can see through what it is and envisage what it will be when the works are completed. Now, for that kind of property, yes, you can clear up and make sure that the space looks as inviting as possible. Make sure that you declutter. That is key. Whatever property you're in, if you have clutter around, make sure you get rid of it. And think about for photographs, when the photographer comes along, one of the things that really jumps out in a photograph is brightly colored toys. So if you do have children and the photographer is coming around, make sure if you've got those bright red and bright yellow toys, make sure they're tucked away. And if you don't have room in your house, perhaps think about other storage areas that you might have perhaps get a shed in the garden. But if you do this, make sure that you seal things in polythene and lift them off the floor because they get wet very easily and don't do it with any valuables. But with lesser valuable items, storage sheds and garden can be a great way of getting rid of things temporarily while you sell your home and make it look as spacious as possible. Because if people see a home that is cluttered, they think it's cluttered because it's that kind of home. So clear up as much as you can. Think also about the most important thing, which is the front shot. So when a buyer comes along to view your house, what's the first thing they've done? Probably seen it on the net, on Rightmove or Zoopla most likely. And what will they see? Will they see the front of the property? So the thing that I want you to consider most of all is what you can do to improve the look of your home from the front. And this might be as simple as a flower planter, perhaps a hanging basket, perhaps your front door. And front door is really important because is it inviting? And if not, could it just be painted? Does it need replacing? It can make all the difference. A beautiful presentation of a front door can look so inviting in the front of a house, as opposed to one that's looking a bit tired and old, perhaps a paint of the front of a house. You know, we recently had a house where the front color of the house was a very gaudy brown color. And we encourage the sellers to change that color in order to maximize its appeal, because we know that many buyers will look at that color and choose not to go into the home, believe it or not. Yes, I know that seems like, you know, really, would you do that because of color? The answer is yes, some buyers will. And again, it's all about deciding on who your audience is and then trying to tailor the look of your home to suit that particular buyer. Now. If you have a home that's ultra modern, up to date, really slick and swishy, then you can go to the next stage and think about decorating your home with things like flowers. Now, they talk about baked bread and things like that, which is a lovely smell. I agree. I don't think it's entirely necessary, but some fresh flowers can make all the difference. Definitely hanging baskets and in the back garden. Things that you can take with you can make all the difference too. So think about, for instance, olive trees in pots, things that you might love but are quite expensive – but you could take on with you to the next home that can give perspective to a garden. Think about the photographer. He'll probably take a shot with his back to your back door, looking out into the garden and therefore some small trees can really frame and give perspective to the rest of the garden or perhaps demarcate a certain area such as a sun trap, but make the garden look as attractive as possible because everyone loves a beautiful garden in the springtime. If you have one apart from that, Put your eyes in the mind of the buyer. Think about if I was a buyer, what would I be doing right now? Look on Right Move and ask yourself honestly, how would my home compare to those that are available in my postcode right now? And try and be subjective about it and make sure that you're pitching it at a level which will achieve viewings because. Nobody wants what nobody wants. And what I mean by that is if you're not careful, if your house languishes on the market for any length of time, buyers will see that and it will be off-putting for them. They'll think, well, this has been on the house, on the market for a while. Why hasn't it sold? And then if they see the price continue to be reducing, then that can also put them off and certainly put them off making an offer at a higher level. So you need to be really careful about pricing. Make sure you don't overprice. In fact, sometimes it's better to slightly underprice and use the tag offers over to get to the price you require rather than get on at a price which doesn't encourage viewers. So remember first impressions count so make sure your property is clean tidy and as well presented as possible. Speak to your estate agent or perhaps even a professional with regards to staging your home if you have one at the upper end of the market because it really can make all the difference. A good stylist can really prepare a home in a way that individuals find hard to see. So what we're thinking about. Tip three, be prepared to negotiate. Now it's a competitive market out there and buyers might wanna negotiate on your price. Rather than be hard and firm with no's, Try and be open because negotiations have to start from somewhere. And sometimes what we find is just encouraging out a low offer eventually commits a buyer to the idea of buying the home. And then eventually they raise their offers. Everybody likes to get a bargain. And if they can, they'll make a cheeky offer. Don't feel insulted. It's just business. Put yourself in the buyer's position. They're just trying to do the best for themselves and their families. Don't be offended. Just say, look, you know, we're we're open to talking about it. But no, this is this is too low. We're looking for the asking price or above. Um, But be friendly if you're dealing with those negotiations directly, because if you find that you're in a hostile environment and this is really where a good negotiator is worth their weight in gold. And I would suggest that shouldn't be you, Mr. Seller or Mrs. Seller. And the reason for that is. It's pistols at dawn, isn't it? Of course, a buyer wants the best deal they can possibly get. And of course, the seller wants as much money as they possibly get because they're both protecting their own family finances. And that's only natural. And they, this is where a good negotiator and a good, strong estate agent could be worth their weight in gold. So make sure when you're talking to the agents, you feel like they would have your back and be a strong negotiator for you and your family. Uh, some estate agents will also help you negotiate on the price of the property you're looking to buy as well. So what factors can influence the property prices in the UK or well, location? Obviously, there's an old adage, an old surveyors term. There are three things that are important when you're buying a property. And you've all heard the term location, 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 i.e., where it is, where it isn't. Oh, yeah, where it is really important. So if you are looking at a home in a really popular location, don't be under the illusion you're the only buyer out there. There will be other people chasing it, and you may have to consider that when making your offer. Um, This is really tricky because they're likely to command a higher price because they're close to, for instance, good schools, transport links, or in particularly popular roads. The other factor is property condition. Properties that require renovation are likely to be price lower, of course, but does the end justify the means? This is something that you need to uh, evaluate carefully, especially now where builders are really charging more than we've ever seen due to inflation and them trying to eke out living in an ever more competitive sector. Um, so builders, they are charging more than you might expect for things like loft extensions, rear extensions, kitchens and bathrooms. So make sure you're realistic in what you think you're likely to do within the budget you'll have available. And also consider, if it's not exactly what you want, you can make changes. Remember, for a buyer, this is a long-term commitment. You'll have many years there, hopefully many happy years. So if you have to live with that kitchen, which is the wrong color or not quite what you'd expect, but you're in the right neighborhood, then perhaps that's worth considering. You know, we always say buy the worst house in the best street rather than the best house in the worst street, because then you always have the ability to improve. But these days, It's a little bit more nuanced than that. And the reason it's more nuanced is this, that sometimes the best house on the best street is commanding such a premium and the work required to get that tatty house up to the level can mean that when you buy one that's tatty, actually, the cost of the work hasn't been fully factored in because the market is larger at the lower end. So we normally find that a house on a really good road that needs modernization will achieve a surprisingly good price closer than you might expect to one that's already done. So when you're looking at a house that needs work versus one that's done, do consider, well, hang on a minute, what would I be paying for this house if it were in good condition? Because it may be that it's better, you're better off paying for one in better condition. And that's always worth considering. For most of us, of course, our budget is fixed and therefore we have to go for the lower end and then do the work later on. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're going with your eyes open and you know what those works are. Now, obviously, economic conditions also come into property prices, and we've seen interest rates go up a lot. And that obviously has had an impact in the number of buyers, but also the number of sellers. And what we're finding at the moment is, especially when it comes to houses, that's more or less equal. In fact, there's probably less houses around than there are buyers looking. Certainly, we're busy on all fronts on that side of things. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go on to the general news. This is an article in the Daily Telegraph, and it says that homeowners, this is good news, homeowners could benefit from a fall in interest rates as early as next year. And it goes on to say homeowners will benefit from a whole percentage point drop in interest rates next year, according to city forecasters. The Bank of England will raise the bank rate once more this year, but will bring it down more quickly than expected in 2024, analysts at Barclays predicted. Sylvia Adana, head of economics research at Barclays, said interest rates will reach 3.5% by the end of the year. It suggests that mortgage borrowers could be better off sticking with a track alone rather than switching to a more expensive fixed rate deal. This year, there will be one or more 0.25 percentage point rises in May, uh, but 100 BP of cumulative cuts in 2024. Uh, 0.25 is a quarter of 1% and 100 BP is 1%. So what we're saying is that there could be one more rise. We don't yet know, uh, but certainly we're looking at cuts in the following year. Of course, nobody knows this. These are all predictions, but it's interesting to see. And nice to hear a bit of good news for for a change, isn't it? The number of homes available for rental has dipped yet again, where we've seen this time and time again. And this time it's analysis by Zoopla and it's in the BBC News. And it says the number of homes has fallen by a third over the last 18 months. Letting agencies typically having 10 available compared to 16. And we're going to come on to what you can do if you're a tenant to make sure you have the best chance of trying to find a rented property because it's so, so difficult. So coming on to that later on in the show. Now, an interesting one from Michael Gove. He's obviously the Secretary of State for leveling up housing and communities, and he's responding to criticism aimed at the government's rental policy changes. He argues abolishing section 21 ensures that many good landlords will have stronger rights of possession. Um, He says, we'll set out this week our anti-social behaviour action plan in how we will make it easier to evict tenants who are persistently disrespectful and disruptive. Turning to net zero requirements, this is the idea that energy performance rated C will be needed. Initially, they said by 2025. He says he agrees that we need to have a proper look at the system. Now, I've said previously that I think what's likely to happen there is that the energy rated C looks like that won't be required until at least the end of 2028, i.e. December 2028 at the earliest. That's what I expect to happen, although we've yet to hear that announcement formally. And what they say with regards to antisocial behaviour is that plans have been detailed to encourage an orderly behaviour by strengthening powers in both social and private tenants to um, evict or sanction tenants who persistently cause antisocial behaviour to their neighbours. And this is interesting because they're talking about a two week notice period. It would be the only ground for two weeks notice of a tenant. I've no doubt it won't be quite that simple. It'd be far more nuanced than that. It always is. Um, but nonetheless, it's good news to see something going the landlord's way for a change. They're also talking about speeding up the process of eviction on antisocial behaviours by the courts and tribunals service. And they're exploring how to prioritise those cases in the courts. They're saying they're going to bring forward legislation which would set out the principles that judges must consider when making their decisions, such as impact on neighbours, landlords, etc. A three strikes and you're out plan as well as part of this. Now, rental tenants, what can you do to make sure you have a better opportunity to secure yourself a rental property? Well, Rightmove said at the beginning of 2023, 70% of rental listings received an email from potential tenant to view the property within the first day of it being listed we're finding it's actually far worse than that there's you know dozens of inquiries coming through for any properties that are available right now especially in the one two and three bedroom range tim bannister their property expert said tenants need to do their homework and decide what they really want from a home so they can be targeted online with agents friends and family then when instant alerts come through, and this is tip number one, of course, you should make sure that you're registered on Zoopla and right move in the areas you require for the instant alerts so that you get an email when a new property comes on in the area that you're looking in. Be focused and be prepared. Being first won't necessarily get you the property you want, but it will help. And also be ready to be a little flexible because there's so little out there. Generation Rent Campaigner said, that it was essential to know what the property needs to have, such as storage for a bike or washing machine already installed. That way, if you view a property that ticks the right boxes, you can apply on the spot. Have references and contacts ready. Well, this really helps estate agents. And what we mean by this is think about even going as far as having your Experian credit score done. And you can do this yourself online. And then you can supply that to an agent because one of the things that quite often happens is tenants say they have no bad debts or county court judgments. And yet when searched, they find that there are debts and, and bad debts. And that means that that tenant doesn't qualify. Well, you can be ahead of the game by having your experience report, providing that to the agent, giving them greater confidence that you're likely to pass the further credit score that they'll do when the application is submitted. Be ready with a holding deposit as well and be ready to put that down at an early point once you're sure that it's the home that is suitable for you and your family, because it does tend to work on a first come, first serve basis. Just being first won't necessarily guarantee you the property because circumstances always come into it as well. Um, But it will certainly be a factor when the landlord considers whether to rent to you or others. And finally, having exhausted your time trying to find a rental property where you want to be, if that doesn't work, the same as with sales consider other areas surrounding the area that might suit you and Zoopla again do this travel time search which can bring more properties into you in other words look at where you need to get to and then geographically a home might suit you in an area that you don't yet know so that's one really worth considering Um, above all be prepared to compromise tenants because there's so little stock out there that most tenants are having to do this. You know, it might not be the ideal dream home, but if it's within budget, within commuting distance, and the only thing available, you have to ask yourself the question, can you afford to miss this mm-hmm. and carry on with your living arrangements as they are? And it's tricky. We know it is. And it's getting worse, I think largely due due to government policy, which as much as they talk about changes, seems to me to be more of the same. Although it's not the end of the world. It's certainly encouraging some landlords to leave the sector. And this is putting even greater pressure on rents. And I suspect we'll see them continue to increase throughout the year, sadly. So securing a property early for you as a tenant might actually help you. Uh, As far as landlords are concerned, with a wealth of tenants out there, the important things to consider are careful vetting procedure. It's much better to get a tenant at a slightly lower rent than it is to go for the optimal rent And then end up with the only tenant that will take it at that price who's perhaps not suitable financially, personally or otherwise. So from a landlord point of view, remember, once a tenant's in your property, getting them out is much harder than actually putting them in. So make sure that you've chosen wisely, carefully and a vetting procedure has been carried out very thoughtfully and carefully by your chosen and trusted letting agency. And this is where trust really comes into it. Is your letting agency just looking for the fee? Or do they care? Do they actually care about the end result, making sure that you don't end up caught short with a bad tenant and having to go through a legal procedure, which can be a nightmare as many first time landlords find out. But it can be a rewarding experience, both financially and personally over time, regardless of the policies that are out there today. Many landlords are earning good income today and securing their family finances future. By renting out property, because whilst everything else stands still, as you can see, rental prices are continuing to go up, particularly if you own a property in cash or you have cash in the bank. That cash might be better served to you by considering investment in property. It's not financial advice, but certainly worth considering if that money sat there and stood still. Because the thing about bricks and mortar is they're solid, they're always there, and people will always need somewhere to live regardless of where interest rates are, regardless of where the property market is, there will always be people looking to rent in the right areas, particularly here in the London commuter belt. So if you're considering buying or renting, we would say that if you can afford to do so, although not financial advice, it's nearly always better to secure your family's future by buying. And don't try and call the market too much because people will tell you the market's peaked and then it's troughed. And a good example of that recently is Covid. Everybody said that the market would fall off a cliff when COVID hit. And what happened? Exactly the opposite. The market flew. So I would say the market's not going to crash violently, as some will suggest. It will be slower because confidence has gone out of it a bit. And of course, buyers have roughly 20 percent less spend power due to the increase in interest rates. And this has had an impact in the market generally. So. Thanks for listening this week. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Buyer and Sellers podcast. Until then, look after yourselves, your family, and your friends. Ciao. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents, and we can give you hints, tips, tricks, and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to, or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production.